Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Yusuf Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very well. We're doing late night, so you're doing late night Musa. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Drive drive time. Drive time. <laughs> We're on the road to nowhere, Musa. Driving home for Christmas. Wow, it's November. <laughs> Already wearing my Christmas sweater. But all good? Yes, all good. Did you enjoy good. the football this weekend? I did very much, very much, as I hope everyone else did. Nice. Well, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Mm. We're recording this Sunday night, so we might not touch on a couple of the games that are just finishing. Mm. Quick bit of admin. Don't forget to check Counterpress this week. Mm. Don't forget to check Wrighty's house this week. You'll be on um, with Flo, Ian and a debutante on Tuesday. Mm. And uh, I think you and I are going to do Friday. I'll be on twice, twice. Twice. And uh, we've got a special stadio coming up on Thursday. We've got a guest. We do. Very really excited. excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Very excited indeed. Um, so today we're going to probably focus most of our attention on the Barclays. Yes. Because uh, the Sunday that? game, the main Sunday game was very, very good indeed. But before we do, can we just shout out, well, shout out Gotham. FC yes, yes. for winning the NWSL Championship, beating OL Reign 2-1. Mm. Um, a really sad ending for Megan Rapino, who went off just after a few minutes after what looks like a ruptured Achilles mm. in her final game for OL Reign. Ali Krieger was also retiring after this game, but she went away with the trophy. Um, we'll probably leave it. I imagine Counterpress will do something on Megan yeah. Rapino, but... Um, an amazing career. Devastating, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. There was something she said after the game that was pretty amazing where she was just like, yeah, I wasn't really that bothered. I just, or like, I wasn't, what did she say? Something like, I didn't feel that overly emotional. I mean, I just fucking yeeted my Achilles in the Champions <laughs> League, in the Championship game, which is just kind of like, kind of so typical of her, really, in that. Um, She also said that uh, she'd had plenty of happy endings in her career and well this is it isn't it this is it yeah but an absolute legend of the game for sure will be sorely missed um, unfortunately on and off the field yeah yeah. Uh, attacking third posted 11 year NWSL career with OL Reign 117 regular season games for the Reign 52 NWSL goals presidential medal of freedom Olympic champion Ballon d'Or gender equity of advocate and two World Cups it's not a bad trophy cabinet. That is not a bad haul. But, um, yep, yeah, enjoy retirement, Megan Rapino and Ali Krieger. Yeah. Um, should we get onto the Premier League? Should we do it? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, man. Only one place to begin. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. It's Stamford Bridge. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> you nearly got me there. I'm traumatised. I'm not going to say Aston Villa Fulham. Whoa, <laughs> way, slander. Villa, we can see you. Well, because they think we can't see them. It's not slander because Aston Villa think we can't see them, but we're watching you creep up the Premier League table. Everyone's your watching ascent, now. Your ascent has been observed. Jamie Carragher said on Sky Sports that uh, he believes that you could say that Unai Emery is the third best manager in the Premier League. There it is. There you go. Yeah, Everyone's we, watching Villa. Exactly. 25 points. I think it's like a club record home, like in terms of home wins on the bounce. Oh my and, goodness. Um, just continue to do amazing things. And do Emery. Some beautiful football. Yeah. 3-1 uh, against Fulham. They won. All right. So I guess we're not starting at Stamford Bridge. Um, <laughs> let's do it. Brighton won. Sheffield United won. Moda Hood was sent off. 27 red cards so far this season, apparently, in the Premier League. Last season, there was 30 in total. Um, Roberto, Roberto De Zerbi 
says that he hates 80% of Premier League referees. Uh, Nick Miller posted that tweet to which someone replied, is he talking about bodies though? Because he's maybe not talking about, maybe he just doesn't like their legs or their arms. <laughs> oh my God. He, he hates everything beneath head. <laughs> he said, I love you only if you're minds. Uh, I love you if you're brains. Yeah. But uh, that's a really good point for Sheffield United. Yeah, a really good point. Um, Liverpool, three, Brentford nil. Mo Salah just accumulating goals in the, in the Premier League. More like 10 this season in the league already. And he's Wild. not even like, he's not even supernova. He's just accumulating goals. It's unbelievable. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we say, we make a joke about it. There's like one of these uh, so hundredth whatever Mo Salah goals and it kind of pops up every week. Right, yeah. This was a new record. Yeah. Uh, Diogo Jota with the third for Liverpool. Um, and that puts Liverpool second behind Manchester mm. City. Uh, just a point behind City. Quietly kind of just going about yeah. their business. We can, see, we can see them as well. We can yeah. see them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, West Ham got a late winner, a late win against Nottingham Forest, three-two. This was actually a really good game. Uh, Pakitar, Jared Bowen, well. and Suchek, Thomas Suchek got the uh, uh, the goals for West Ham after Awani and Alanga got Forest's goals. Um, we'll do the rest of the Saturday games in a little bit, but let's let's yes. talk about Manchester City. Well, let's talk about Cel- uh, Ch- oh my goodness, let's talk about Chelsea four, Manchester City four. Oh my god, this game. Wow. Chelsea have scored eight of their 21 Premier League goals in the last two games. The last time City conceded three goals against anybody was against Manchester United last season in the derby in October. Mm. So it's been over a year. Um, and do you want another stat? I've got some great stats. Here. That's because they did four. Was that against? Uh, I didn't. Didn't go that far back. Um, CFC Central says days since Chelsea scored four goals back to back across any competition, 751 days, Malmo 4 0, Norwich 7 0. In the league, 2,361 days, Watford 4 3, Sunderland 5 1. Goodness, that is fascinating. That's wild, huh? What's that? That's nearly eight years. That was seven, seven years. Poch is doing something over there. Well, Let's talk about this. So yeah. what did you think of the game? I thought it was incredible that no one could reduce it from turbo. Chelsea started in turbo and it was fascinating that City, despite doing their customary slow the tempo, couldn't, they actually could. This game assumed its own momentum, I think is what I would say about it. And it delivered. It gave me all my vitamins, actually. And it gave, <laughs> the only person who got more vitamins out of this game than me was actually Raheem Sterling, but we'll come to that in a bit. What did you think of it? Is that when Tony Tony Stark unleashed Ultron? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I couldn't control it. It just developed into his own thing. It was everywhere. It seemed its own momentum. How about you, though? How did you find it? Uh, I thought Chelsea started really well. Really, really well. I thought the penalty... When City went ahead at that point, I I personally thought that a Chelsea opener would have been the best thing for the game. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. How wrong I was. (laughs) Because (laughs) uh, City penalty, one of those sometimes is sometimes isn't it's not a con- it's not a conspiracy I didn't think it was a wildly controversial penalty call no I think um, I think they said on comms because it wasn't an over like an obvi- a clear and obvious error um, that's why they didn't recommend Anthony Taylor going to view it mm. so yeah fair enough Holland puts the penalty away nice and calm but the response from Chelsea was really really good because this is I think this is I mean, this is definitely the biggest test they've fa- faced this season, but they, they have managed to level up in, in games against stronger opposition. It's really been games against size that they not necessarily should be putting away, but ability-wise should be putting away. Um, and those, are te- those tend to be sides who maybe on paper don't have the personnel that Chelsea do, but they're really well coached. They've probably been together a little while. They're well organised. Um, you know, they drew with... Drew with Liverpool early on the season, drew with Arsenal, beat Spurs, obviously nine-man Spurs, so there's a little bit of a caveat there. Mm. And then, but this one I think is probably, I mean, it's not even probably, I think it's definitely the biggest sign of what the potential ceiling of this Chelsea side is because I don't think it's a massive symbolizer in terms of like where they are or what they are now because I feel like 
it was a four-all draw. It was a really good result for Chelsea, actually, all things considered. But they really had to be at their maximum to get that, whereas I don't think City were anywhere near the maximum. So I think for Chelsea, great point. One that you can kind of like chalk up and be like, great atmosphere at Stamford Bridge. Probably the, the most positive performance under Poch this season in terms of performance on the pitch and result. But nothing I, don't, I think anyone's going to get carried away with. I think what was interesting for this game was, I mean, Raheem Sterling was spectacular. And the intensity he went with, Cucurella, I think, had not necessarily a point to prove, but there have been doubters. And I he thought it was extremely impressing, impressive going forward. Cole Palmer's passing and movement into gaps was, like the maturity of that is, you look at like Phil Foden, how Phil Foden emerged and had such a maturity about him. The thing that Cole Palmer's got, I think, is this incredible personality, right? Mm. He has every desire for the big occasion. And not just that, it's not just sort of, you know, youthful passion or whatever, that patronizing way. He coldly and calmly picks apart elite defenses and made City look continually rattled in the sense that, you know, I think City have so much possession. There are times when people that really go at them are quite rare. And it's not that, Premier League teams don't try to go at City is that it's very difficult to get into those gaps mm. and cause them problems in those key areas and he just did that throughout he did that from the first like sort of the opening minutes onwards and the fascinating thing for me I think the encouraging thing for Chelsea is they sustained it mm. and you know obviously the game ending 4-0 at 4-3 most teams most teams fold at 4-3 like even the way that City celebrated they felt like they'd got the upper hand in that game and I, I, was, I was as shocked as anyone. They got the equaliser, I would say, uh, Chelsea late on. So what was fascinating for this game, I think for both teams, was they maintained that intensity for, what, 90, 98 minutes, whatever it t- turned out to be. Mm. I mean, yeah, to come back, what, once, then go ahead, come back again early on in the second half. I mean, that goal from Akanji... Actually, should we go through the... Just sort of run through go the goals. Go through the goals, so, yeah. So just, so just on the, the Thiago Silva head is interesting for the equaliser because it Such enters the header. net. Yeah, it was fascinating because it enters the net like low down and like it's almost like a head of that good it's either like a defensive failure right because it enters the net at kind of a clearable height or it's because the timing of his run was just spectacular the way he cuts so late is just a text it's like a center forwards finish really so he equalizes um it's like it almost took the the trajectory of like a like a cut to third man yes 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 because it was like he 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 made that like yeah just like let it he made that really good run, let it glance off his head. And I think just the great thing about this game, I think all the goals to a degree, even, you know, like the penalties, for example, mm. or the, 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 the tackles that led to penalties, the weather really moulded the type of goals that were scored. Right, right. You know, if you think yeah. like, I mean, we'll go through them, but yeah, I thought it was just amazing. Such a great header. And actually I, I have, have a bit of sympathy with Edison because his momentum is moving so much to the left. Yeah. And it's just a foot either way that doesn't go in. Yeah, no, not bad goalkeeping at all. Just incredible, like late arrival, late run. Mm. I think, and then the goal that Sterling scored, the way that was constructed. See, so this good. is interesting. This is interesting now as well for City because we know it's a copycat league, but the way that they continually went at City in sort of strong areas like the flanks, like that, was was mm. fascinating. And I mean, Sterling got the goal to. I mean, he he was my man of the match. Actually, he was my player of the match. But there were many other candidates for that. Great break. Rhys James looked excellent, actually, I've got to say. He, combination with Cole Palmer was really striking. Mm. Just how good that chemistry is already. And that's only going to grow. Uh, Akanji then getting a free header just right on the stroke of half time. And again, it's one of those moments where you think, okay, two all at half time. City going to just roll away with it. Holland with a hilarious goal. He looked like a kind of, his goal, his second goal looked like he was um, like toboggan or something. He looked like tobogganing. He basically likes to have sat on it and squatted it all the way into the net, which I thought actually, the thing I love about the way he scored this goal was, it's like just no frills. Mm. It's like, I'm just going to crash the box, get on the end of this, and I'll smother it into the net. I think it's one of the first smothered finishes I've seen in a long time. Well, the thing that's interesting is that Sanchez gets a touch on it. So mm. it takes it out of his path for a tap-in. Right. And actually the adjustment to make sure that you just Brilliant. kind of like get anything on it, uh, you almost kind of like snow plowed it in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But the, the, the awareness to move his hand out of the way, and they went to yeah. check that uh, brush against his left elbow, but moving his right hand out of the way, I think was so good. Mm. Because 
he could have easily just completely messed that up and yeah, yeah, put definitely. a hand on it. Uh, yeah, I actually, <laughs> this is actually my favourite goal of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Because it was just so like silly, you know, but it was such a wet weather goal. I did love, I, I must say, my, my personal reference, I did, I did love the Sterling goal. But um, so 3-2 up City at this point. Um, they bring on Grealish for Doku, I think for a bit more control. And Grealish actually was really good um, in and around. Um, nice touches, won a couple of free kicks, broke mm. pretty well. And then we have the, Nicholas Jackson follows up for the equaliser at 3 all with about 20 minutes to go. Malo Gusto's combo this time. So at 3 all, Malo Gusto misses an absolute... Oh. This chance that he misses, and I was just like, so he, he scoops over the bar from about 10 yards out with his wrong foot, admittedly, but mm-hmm. he's well in the clear and he just has to put this in a corner. There's actually an earlier chance that Foden gets on his good foot where he should have found the corner, but the Gusto chance I think is even better. And the moment he missed it, it was that old cliche in football, you're like, that's going to cost them. And Rodri pops up with a late strike, which he has got a real habit of doing actually in recent yeah right with the late strike deflected strike and the way that City, City celebrated it's such a release of pressure it would have been a great three points on the road and then Chelsea pop up with you know I think um, Broja wins the penalty mm-hmm. in the box with a beautiful dummy sells a really beautiful dummy and Cole Palmer is like I'm taking this I think he's now scored penalties against Liverpool Spurs four, right? is it four penalties jeez man like yeah and now this one and this one is like the highest pressure of all against his old team and just it's never in doubt this is the thing it's, it's, like, so it's not even calm. like calm yeah yeah it was so him. calm like he's it's unreal it he was and it, he said afterwards um, he was just like no I don't even practice him I just uh, I just believe in my own ability to take a good penalty and I was just like I, I think I said I did, didn't we say like he's very much moving like a mank who's just moved to London <laughs> I mean he must be a player they really didn't want to lose he must have been. I mean, it's a very useful, but you know what City are like. City are that they're, they're kind of yeah. like, if you're desperate to leave, they won't stop you. And I get that. I get, yeah, I get that. Do you look yeah. at this, who they've, who they've let go in the last couple of years? Gabriel yeah. Jesus, Cancelo. Alexander Sinchenko. No, but I mean to Premier League clubs, like Lengo yeah, to Arsenal, Sterling yeah, going yeah. to Chelsea, uh, now Cole Palmer going to Chelsea. They're big, they're, they're big players, man. They're big potential players. And I think with Cole Palmer's a really interesting one. Because let's talk about him now because we're on. Yeah, of course. But, um, yeah. I know he's been someone that we've talked about and even Ian talked about on Writers House the other day, but it reminds me a little bit of when Julian Brandt came through at Leverkusen. Quite a good physical presence. That ability to glide, doesn't really get bullied off the ball much, picks mm. a good pass, seems like a really good finisher. Just very calm for someone his age. And if anything, even more, I mean, this is like Brandt's a spectacular play. If anything, even more confident. Yeah. You know, you look at like Florian Wirtz is doing at Leverkusen and it's just assuming so much responsibility. It's not like a Jamal Musiala. I feel like almost like that when Musiala, I remember watching this, I keep talking about that game where Musiala's breaking through and Leipzig have that incredible press and then he just gets unleashed against the press and just mm. goes at them and is like fearless. Mm. And Cole Palmer, I think, has the same kind of energy. And what fascinates me is where he will end up playing. Mm. because he can do the, and I, you know, I made the Foden comparison. You know that time that Foden played false nine against Liverpool and it was just lights out, brilliant. And Cole Palmer, I think, has performances like that in his future mm. where you just deploy him anywhere. And I think, again, like throwing another comparison, like a Thomas Muller where Poch looks and goes, yeah, like Palmer always plays. If he's fit, mm. Palmer, you know, I think, he's, I think he's approached that level of quality. Because if you think of, we've got Mudrick in there, who's like, you know, really struggled to find his way. And of course, there's no criticism there because it's tough to find your way. And Palmer has just come in and asserted himself when he really had no right to. It would have been completely fine if he'd, you know, taken no, six, six months to just yeah. find his bearings. But he's, you know. I mean, they're different, they're different players, obviously. But, um, oh, I, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, but no, also, no. But yeah, I mean, yeah. well, I was going to say to someone else, yeah. but I think that it's interesting how how much he's assumed the role of main man over Conor Gallagher. Even though Conor Gallagher's wearing the armband, mm. I think he, you, you're okay. kind of, you know, I know there's probably a bit of a, when they're both, when they both reach their peak, I, there's probably a bit of a gap there. Mm. But it is quite interesting because Conor Gallagher's having a good run in the team and I think he's actually yes. playing okay. Mm. But Cole Palmer's come in and he's almost kind of like, no, this is my team. You know, even when that time when uh, wasn't Sterling going to go and take the penalty that time and he had it and he took yeah. it and it was like um, 
just a confidence that I think is... I mean, we talk about this quite a lot when players sign for new clubs and they come in with a confidence and maybe their ability doesn't match up to it. We talked about that with Anthony at Manchester United, right? Where we were like, (laughs) I think you need to be a little bit better, my guy, before you start kind of moving like that. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And Cole Palmer, I think, is... He's just... I think he's just improving game on game. He's looking more secure in that Chelsea side. I think he's really thriving off having a run of games. But if you think of the kind of profile of player he is he's someone who you could 100% see going to the Euros next year someone who could be a real weapon you mentioned Musiala I think Musiala is a really good comparison you know a lot of height um, good physical presence and an ability to kind of roam centrally or wide Mm. without too much disruption very good deputy for any one of those players you've mentioned 100% or, or you know tournament football going to extra time a great substitution to come up. Now, obviously, this is really early days. We're like, what? Like, we're in November uh, and it's a breakout season for him, but... You can see the ceiling. Though. Well, actually, no, this is the thing. You can't see the ceiling. No. I can't yeah. tell you how good Cole Palmer's going to get because the potential is, is extraordinary. And I hope, it, I hope that he continues there because there's, there's a lot of inconsistency around that Chelsea squad. Mm. There's a lot of players coming in and out with injury. You know, obviously, they're still missing Ben Chilwell. I don't think Kukurea has lived up to the potential the expectation when they signed him. Mm. There, was, there's a, <laughs> there were a lot of new people in that squad, mm. some of whom are doing better than others, but I think it's going to take some time before they all really, really find their groove. Yeah. And he's just a really good example for any of those other new guys who have, you know, if he can find the groove so quickly, then they can. And it's also bringing, like, I don't think it's any coincidence that actually you're starting to see a better, a slightly better Raheem Sterling because he feels like he has, he's like, they're starting to build relationships now at Chelsea. And that's something they haven't really had for a long time is like consistent relationships on the pitch because there's been such a huge amount of turnover. Yeah, I know I've said this, um, <clears throat> I know I've said this plenty, but you know, the Kunku injury I think is, is still big. I mean, to be honest, I always forget that he's, he's about, it's wild, he's, isn't he's it? going to come back. And that's, that's a I huge, mean, a huge asset to return. Yeah, absolutely. But in a funny way, in the absence of Nkunku, they've had to find different solutions and that's been good for them ultimately. Mm. Sterling has been as good as I've said. I mean, he was absolutely lights out for some of that game. Like the aggression of the movement, like the bravery, going at two players, not caring, cutting in onto the right foot. At one point, he actually put Kyle Walker in a spin cycle. I, I've, it's so rare that I see Kyle Walker look over his shoulder a defender, a striker, a forward that he's lost. Mm. But it happened in that first half. And I was like, Sterling is on a different level. The way he was cutting the angles, the movement, the passing, the finishing, the decisiveness. I mean, yeah, this is a nostalgic one, but you know, if Sterling had, well, who knows? He made the right move. Look, I'm also, he made the right move. It's just that he is showing that he is still one of the best. Still only 28. One of the best wide um, forwards out there. It's unreal what he's achieved at 28. It's until unreal. he's 29 next month. Yeah. He's the opposite of whatever the Walcott's law is, isn't it? Because he's just like an ageless... Yeah. Like Sterling's yeah. law should be, uh, instead of being a prospect, they're, a, they're an experienced professional at 21. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he was. He was it's a like veteran. Bellingham. Bellingham's going to be like that. Bellingham's a veteran. Gonna, yeah. A veteran. A veteran. A 21-year-old vet. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um. One more thing on Chelsea before we move on to City. I absolutely loved Poch coming on the pitch at the end of the game, being like, book me, book me. Yeah, because Sterling got cleaned out, didn't he? Yeah. Sterling got cleaned out. From an entertainment point of view, very fun. And I think it was quite performative. Um, yes, yeah, of course. I think it was very much like, this was the game where Poch felt like he became the Chelsea manager. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was big arrival energy. Yeah. Are you not entertained? There's an element of that, but also like this of chest beating. I think because he had to, yes, it was performative, but it was also something about channeling the passion of the moment and showing Chelsea fans, this is how it can feel. Yeah. And also I think there's a smart thing there where there was quite a confused reception when the full-time whistle went. And a lot of Chelsea fans were probably like, fucking hell, what a great result. Actually, Pochettino's going after it being like, no, we wanted more. And there's a, there's a good psychology there. We talked about Ange Postacoglu last week about, um, or many people talked about Ange Postacoglu last week about how it was, it was more the, the 
the symbolism of being like, we're going to go down swinging. Mm. Yeah, we're down to nine men. What the what the hell can we do, really? <laughs> As opposed to just like sitting deep and digging out a win. Mm. And that got him way more credit in the bank than if they just sat deep and lost 2-1, right? No, it did. This is wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm actually still here for it, man. I know a lot of people like, as, as with all, this always happens in football, right? You know, for example, like I've spoken to a few people this year, surprisingly actually, who are like kind of enjoying Union doing bad. You know, right. it was getting a little bit too, mm. people were saying, you know, it was too many people saying too many nice things about Union. Like I'm not saying that, but people have said that to me. And mm. it happens with, it's already happening with Ange Postacoglu. Do you know, do you know what's funny with him like, though? Oh, he says me, oh, he says me, he says me in a press conference. Oh. Can I be honest with you though? A lot of that is just obviously just like random. It's also jealousy. Like, well, this is it. Someone it is wished jealousy. Someone wished yeah. their manager had said it. They're like, I wish my guy had said it. Listen, man, my <laughs> manager, my manager came out after the game yesterday and said, VAR was perfect. Perfect. <laughs> make sure I'm like, make sure you get this. I said it was perfect. It was brilliant. Beautiful. All this kind of shit. I was like, Mikel Arteta, you are. That is a pep level sarcasm. I think we need it's to. Put, I think we need to add like a, an award for the most extra person in football. There's an element of sarcasm, no, because no, because Pep would win it every week. Pep win every year. Yeah, Pep win it every year. I, I mean, mean Olivier it, Giroud made him for a shout. Pep, 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 doing, Pep Giroud, doing his way, sarcastic thing with Pep's like, what was the thing? There's Latin. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> He's going to write another book. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> 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 and you, you can tell him and Arteta are friends at such a time. You can tell they're friends. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, from Man City point of view, mm. it's a point at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, it's a bit annoying, but yeah. In the Pep grand, did look, say this after the game. He was like, they are Chelsea. Chelsea. That's the thing. Right. And I think that's right. Look, don't get me wrong. Like the way they celebrated is because they knew that was a hell of a fight. Mm. Um, they'd kind of lost, not lost control of the game. That's not fair because they had so much possession. And also they were, they were, it was still probing. They were really persistent. And, you know, a point, I, th- I think I said this before in the podcast, a point at Stamford Bridge is once again, just a good result. It's not dropped points at this, at this stage of the season. It's early um, in the season. They've still got a ton of players. You know, they've, they've got um, De Bruyne was still like in the wings. Mm. Central mid of Bernardo Silva and Alvarez. That is, look, there's no disrespect to those players. It is a level below the vintage chemistry. Rodri, I thought was, well, Rodri was just, Rodri was brilliant. Um, tremendous player and everything changes and Rodri's there. You see mm. what the absence of the injury was like. But for City, yeah, just a, you know, fine result. And considering that, obviously, like, Wolves beat Spurs. Yeah. City might be wild and happy. And they're playing Liverpool soon, so that's going to be interesting. And that will be an interesting measure of where I think both teams are in terms of where they want to be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I mean, I don't think City controlled the game, actually. I think it, that's the, that is the one thing that Pep will really... It will really bug Pep, I think, just being like, yeah, we could not get control of this game, actually. It was way too open, way too end-to-end. You know, City attack, Chelsea attack, City attack, Chelsea attack. There was a period in the second half where City looked like they were about to take control. It might have, I think it was at 3-2. Was it 3-2? I think it would have been. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main thing. I think, but you know, Pep was doing the whole like, oh, that no, was perfect. It was great. I'm so happy. All that kind of stuff afterwards. But I think the lack of control will really, really annoy him. That's fair, yeah. Because we've seen where Chelsea have struggled this season, but they just really seem to get up for games against, you know, quote The big unquote, occasions struggle. really. Yeah, the big Those occasions. huge occasions get yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but I think, it, I think, yeah, I mean, after a day or two, I think Pep will be like, do you know what? Like, Liverpool got a point there. Arsenal got a point there. We're, we're ahead of those. If, they, if they'd lost today. This is it, right. You know, and the Malo goes in Charles in goes in. Third, that's the one. Yeah, that's the you problem. Know, that would have been really, really tough to go into the international break. And it would have been another international break where Pep goes into it with a defeat. You know? Also, it would have been, if, if, if Chelsea win that game, it becomes a bit of a blueprint or it gives teams, not blueprint because they're such good players, Chelsea, and it's hard to replicate that, but it gives mm. people courage yeah. about how they can be got at. Mm. Because the spaces where Chelsea found 
the places where Chelsea found room in this game were consistently the same. Like this in these inside channels, these are what they call them the half spaces, the inside right, inside left channels. Chelsea were getting a lot of joy in those places. Mm. Yeah, just a really fun game. And the fact yeah. that Chelsea have been involved in two of the most fun games of the season in a row in the yeah. Premier League was, uh, it's just really, it's just really funny. It was mm. like, there was, there was, it was actually just like, just a funny game of football as a neutral to watch as well. Really good fun. Loads of action, loads of silliness, loads of silly tackles that weren't too dangerous. And even the fact that like, I don't think the, the first offside happened after about 87 minutes mm. or something. So it was just, it was Is just it a fair good to say there's to a little bit less noise around Chelsea at the moment? I'd say so, yeah. It's not as extra as it felt even a few months ago. It just feels a bit like, okay, it's simmering. Let, Poch, let Poch get on with it. It's simmering. It's like, yeah. you know, when, you, when you're on like hour three of the ragu, man. There he is. <laughs> there he is. All the ingredients are in. This is an analogy that we've done many, many times. You've brought it to the boil. It's all gone a bit like, you've, it's all splattered over the, the tiles on the back of the kitchen, but now <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> starting to take shape. There's still a long way to go. You know, this is going to be like a five, six hour ragu, right? But well, the process uh, is there, yes. Process, you've got to it's trust underway. the process. But Poch is great for a process. And there have, mm. I mean, I think we talked about this before, that there were so many underlying numbers with Chelsea that were, were positive signs that mm. then results weren't really matching. Like, they were actually creating quite a lot and they just couldn't score. Mm. And the difference, the main difference in the last few games is that they've been scoring. Um, so that's been really good for them. But anyway, yeah, great game of football. Should we quickly round up some Saturday games? Yes. Wolves, Spurs. Hmm. <sighs> okay, Spurs this is, about to wobble. Yeah. A lot of mm. injury problems. Yeah. And those are bad injuries, crucial ones too. Madison, Van der Ven. Can I say, okay, so Spurs taking the lead, but I want to just have a shout out for Pablo Sarabia's goal. This is, that's one of the it's, goals of the season. It's, it's so in, good. It is incredible. It's so good. He goes, it was actually reminiscent of like a Robin Van Persie. Mm. Leaps into midair to get this ball coming in at real speed. Takes it sort of, sort of knee height, midair with one foot. Let's it drop and rips it with the other into the near post. And then provides an assist for the winner, like a couple of minutes later, in injury time as well. Sarabia's goal is off the, if you haven't had a chance to see it, off the scale, brilliant. It's absolutely it's be the sound amazing. Of the summer. <laughs> yeah, sound of the summer. <laughs> well, someone would have seen it. Someone would have seen it. Um, Bournemouth with a very good win over Newcastle at home. 2 0 over alum Eddie Howe. Mm. Uh, two from Solanke. Just super impressive from Bournemouth. They were good. They really yeah, deserved yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> really Newcastle are starting to really struggle with those injury problems. Mm, yeah. But you can see, I mean, I thought it was quite interesting. I know Trippier tried to play it down afterwards, but him going over to the fans already mm. after a week of, I mean, they only beat Arsenal last week. They lost to Dortmund mm. in the week and now they lost away at Bournemouth and they've got a load of injuries out, right? Mm. I'm kind of surprised that's happened already. And if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be a little bit concerned because I think it's really, really important to try and compartmentalise the situation you're in. The season's really long. Hopefully a few players will be back after the international break. It's a Saturday night game. These kind of, like, the biggest teams in the country have had these kind of mm. defeats, these kinds of defeats. And I thought it was just, I know he didn't really do anything. He just went over and had a chat and maybe it was all fine. But some of the stuff that's been, you know, he looked pretty, mm. pretty pissed off, Kieran Trippier. So, yeah, that's the only, I, I, to be honest, I think that would concern me a little bit more than the actual result. Because I think the result is just one of those, like, mm. they're, they're so depleted. Mm. And they're key injuries too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Tonali really, Axis, good, really, goodness, really good players. They had a whole out. plan for the Tonali Axis with Bruno Gamarish. That was one of the best midfield axes in in the Premier League so it's it's huge yeah but even without Tonali you know yeah, yeah, Botman yeah. Target Murphy Barnes um, Dan Byrne Callum Wilson Alexander Isak you know that's a pfft. that's your that's your core yeah yeah but yeah great win for Bournemouth another great wins Everton oh listen man listen I'm just saying they all laughed at me Musa <laughs> Numerous Everton fans laughed at me earlier on this season when I was like, don't worry, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting diced up a little early. 
You are. You are. I am a little bit. But we'll allow it. We'll allow it because Everton, really impressive, gorgeous winner from Idrissa Gay too. So good. Uh, and just a fine performance, 3-2 against Crystal Palace. It's a shame because Crystal Palace feel like a team that people are proving themselves against. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I suppose it's a compliment to to beat them is like, it's a fine result. Yeah, but also, can we just shout out Ebre Chiesu, who just looked amazing in this game. Um, Definitely didn't deserve to be on the losing side. Congratulations to him on the newly signed contract. Yeah. um, A deal he richly deserves. Uh, Do you want to congratulate your your boys who Look, are apparently uh, in the last five games the most informed team in the Premier League ridiculous it's so wild that's 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 do you know what that's a contender for Catfish of the Year award it's absolutely absolutely it's like when United were really struggling under David Moyes and had this incredible away record mm. it was the weirdest thing it was the weirdest thing um, I mean look it was a 1-0 home against Luton no frills, really. No great, great drama. Lindelof winner on the hour. And not a huge amount to report. But yeah, just a, a good win. Uh, obviously, from Luton's perspective, a bit of a shame because they've... Another one of those games where they're resilient but haven't quite got the, the depth to get, to get the point. That goal was celebrated extremely loudly. Bear in mind that it came... Yeah. You can see the end we- of the game. Yeah, you can see why. And again, one of the, one of the curious stats again is that Hoyland hasn't got um, a Premier League goal yet. Yeah, he went off injured as well, which wasn't great. That's a classic example of that not being um, of that not being Hoyland's fault. Like United, it's so wild. They're sixth, right? They're sixth. Mm. They've played twelve. They have a goal difference of minus three, and they're sixth place. They haven't drawn a game, and they've scored thirteen goals in twelve matches. Kind of love that. Just all or nothing. I mean, it's kind of Wolfsburg numbers. Yeah, <laughs> get Kovac in there till the end of the season. Yeah, <laughs> actually, my Joe, they had a they had a heavy defeat on Friday at Gladbach. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you know what? I just realised. I really want to see Nico Kovac in the Premier League. You know what? Actually, what someone like Fulham? No, but no, I love. But no, 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 not a Fulham because I love what. Marcus no, do you know what I want? I want him to. I want him to be the one that succeeds at Palace after Roy Hodgson. I like that. I want actually. Nico Kovac to fully dive into South London culture. I want him to be like the guy there. You know what? Think of the Eintracht team. I love that actually. I mean, the Eintracht team is great. Yeah, and like the way he, I think actually the, the profile of what he did and the style of football, I think it would sort of transmit quite well to what Palace Shouldn't have taken, taken the buying gig, man. I know, but how can you say no to the buying gig? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, final game in the Premier League Arsenal 3, Burnley 1. Mm. This was nice. It was nice. Um, Trossard's goal right at the, uh, the uh, stoppage time at the end of the first half Bill Saliba Bill. putting Arsenal back in front after Billy the, uh, Billy the Kid after Josh Brownhill had equalised for Burnley a few minutes before and then Alexander Sinchenko's I think first goal at the Emirates the hitch kick it was a really good goal yeah lovely goal really good goal um, but yeah just good result just you need to what are we talking about dispatch Talking dispatched. Fabio Vieira was dispatched. He was dispatched. He was, Rightly he was. so. Yeah, yeah. Rightly yeah, so. Yeah, I did yeah. say, uh, what did we, we were talking about this in the Writers House group about how I'm a big fan of fully bearded Vieira because the goatee was a little bit like extra from heat mm. vibes. And then he got sent off and I was just like, but the action is still the juice for uh, Yeah, but look, <laughs> not, not all red cards are created equal. And this is certainly not, you know, this is, this is not a red that I saw anyone disputing on the timeline. Oh, no, this was. 100% a yeah. red card. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the uh, no intent Sterling got, folder. Sterling, Sterling got away with one, to be honest. Yeah, I think the thing with Sterling was it was his, it wasn't his lead leg, it was his trading leg, I think, that mm. caught him. But I think that's the thing, you know, like Harvard's last week against Newcastle, which I still think was probably, he could have gone for it, but I think because I, yeah, it was I think his, because so. it was just, so. I think it's, if it's the trailing leg, sometimes it saves them. That, okay, I see that. Do you know what I mean? That. Because yeah, it's not yeah. the full. Mm. The full force. So the Premier League. Done dusted. Into the final international break of this year, calendar year. Let's take a quick break. We'll do a quick roundup and then uh, we'll get out of here. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Um, Where should we begin? Quickly. Uh, Let's do a quick, I think we do a quick roundup. Bundesliga? I think we should do the Bundesliga. Yeah, Bundesliga. Let's do the Bundesliga. Okay, um, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, all right, let's do the Bundesliga. Uh, Gladbach beat Wolfsburg 4-0 on Friday night, mm. um, which was a very good performance from Gladbach, actually. Uh, some of the best football we've seen them play for a little while. But Wolfsburg were actually pretty good as well. At half-time, they were 2-0 down, I think, and they didn't really deserve to... It didn't really feel like they were 2-0 behind, if that makes sense. Uh, Saturday, it all kind of went a little bit wild because... But not entirely against expectation. No, so it looked a little bit like um, Heidenheim were going to snatch a point against Bayern for all of two minutes Mm. and then Rafa Guerrero put Bayern back in front. Harry Kane only got a brace this time. Yep. He was up, he was going for his third Bundesliga hat-trick in a row. Well, not Bundesliga hat-trick. What's he got, like 16 and 11? 16 and 11, I think. In the Bundesliga. Unreal. Um, Chupa Moteng got the fourth for Bayern, which... uh, Oh, Harry Kane's got 17. Sorry, 17, in wow. In the Bundesliga, yeah. Goodness. Uh, in 11 games. But yeah, good win for Bayern because Dortmund lost away at Stuttgart. Stuttgart mm. were really good in this game. There's an interesting thing going on here where this, this really focused how good a job Sebastian Hurnes is doing with a side that nearly went down last year. Mm. You know? Really good coaching. Um, A lot of these, a lot of the stuff that Dortmund have been missing actually, a lot of automatisms. Right. Uh, the way that they play through the, middle, combinations, middle of the park. Yeah. yeah. Although there's a weird thing with Stuttgart last year, I always felt that like they were just too good to be in that position. Yeah, there's always a team down there who people... Yeah, think yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, were, they were severe. There was an element. It's a bit of both because they were severely underperforming. Mm. Good to see uh, Dennis Undav is at least happy at Stuttgart. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was waiting for Musa to <laughs> shout out Dennis Undav. <laughs> Your boy, he, oh, he never quite did it in the Premier League, did he? No, I have such a hope, such high hopes for him, but still. Yeah, and Grassi is back, and he scored a penalty. Yeah. This Dortmund side is confusing. They can look so good, and then they can look so—I don't want to say lost, but disjointed, maybe. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. It is a strange one. Uh, they need to—they need to do a little bit of like figuring out in the international break, and they really, really need Emre Chan back, yeah. big time. However. Bayer Leverkusen are still top of the Bundesliga. They go into the November international break undefeated 
having dropped only two points in their own in their opening eleven games. I think it's their best start to receive ever. They beat Union four 0 on Sunday, and there were some really good goals in this game. Grimaldo's for yeah. goal, the opener was straight, straight, unbelievable. Banger. Yeah, um, and they just absolutely played Union off the park. When I texted you, just been like, Union can't defend. I mean, not against this. I mean, look, there's. There's a, there's a wider conversation about Union and how things are going. The point against Napoli in the week was great. Mm. You might have expected them to get absolutely drilled at Leverkusen in the form that they're in. They're low on confidence and Leverkusen are flying. Mm. Wirtz and Boniface balling out. Grimaldo's been brilliant too. And it's really nice that Grimaldo's, Grimaldo's sort of found his home, his really real home. Signing, which, yeah, wonderful signing. But from Union's perspective, that's a lot of changes to make. I mean, you've got mm. a player like, you know, Benucci coming in. Like, I don't want to put hanging this on an individual. It's more that so many changes at once. I and mean, then one of them is like at the center of your defense mm. where you've, you've drawn your strength from for so long. The fact that we're saying that Dorman can't, that, that, the fact we're saying on this podcast that Union can't defend, that is a sentence we'd not have expected to utter at any point in the last two seasons. No. Because that was their bedrock. So the fact that that's the thing, the identity they've got, they've lost that at the moment is, is very concerning. You can really tell, like even in this game, you could, you could, you can tell that as as Fisher is desperately trying to figure out how, how to get a configuration out of this group of players that really mm. clicks. Right, I think he's right. really struggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough. It's I mean, really tough. Yeah, I mean, you've got like, it's the, I mean, when they sign people like Robin Gorsons in the summer and then like they're starting on the bench, that's how, and that's not a that's not a criticism of Urs Fisher. That's a sign of just how just how difficult it has been to find a balance for this this squad to kind of kick yeah. on. And I think it is interesting, like when you have, when you become a Champions League club and you then mm. buy people who want to play in, or you then get to sign people who want to play in the Champions League and have played in the Champions League recently, but mm. maybe they aren't really, and I'm not criticising anyone individually here, I'm just purely speculating, then maybe not fully bought into what you need to be bought into at somewhere like Union. You know, you're not going to Inter. You're not going to Milan. You're not going to <laughs> Juve. Right? You're a club where a guy scores a hat and then cycles home. Yeah. And that kind of like DIY, all hands on deck. It's like the Atleti thing. It's just not for everyone. It's a very specific type mm. of ethos. Mm. And with Union, it's all ethos. That's how they get their extra margins mm. because they don't have the resources of other clubs. And they are being outspent. And the thing is now, the problem is you've got this kind of like market correction where bigger clubs, a lot more money spent on them, have got coaches who are coaching the lights out and they're losing margins all over the place. The ethos that they had is the thing that they kind of move forward off at the moment. And it's tough for them. I just, I hope they hang on to Lewis Fisher. That's all. I think he's bought, I mean, he deserves time, but yeah. they, you know, they're, they're, in a, they're in a relegation battle now. They came out and said it. Um, yeah. Yeah. They are bottom of the league, and the thing that's so so confusing now that they flew out the they flew out the traps when they were opening two games, scored what four in each, mm. and they've lost nine straight since then in the league. Wild, really, really odd. Mm. Um, uh, Leipzig beat Freiburg three one, good result for Leipzig, and uh, another Javi Simons goal. I mean, it's all good. It's generally good results for Leipzig these days, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to go to the, uh, well, in La Liga, there was an absolutely unbelievable game on Friday night. Um, Athletic Club 4, Celta Vigo 3. Absolute goal fest. A 98th minute penalty winner for Athletic Club uh, from Berengaya. Um Saturday, Danny Carvajal wasn't happy with the 5-1 win over Valencia saying that Real Madrid need to be better at finishing. Um, Valencia had a chance to go ahead. I mean, slightly harsh of him to say that. Yeah, but you know, Carvajal likes to chat shit, doesn't he? Do you know what it is? It's because... Now he's actually, playing well. He's just like... Rodrigo, yeah, yeah I'm doing well. <laughs> Screw everyone else. Yeah. No, but it's because I think Rodrigo and Vinicius had a lot of questions about them in terms mm. of the goal scoring. The last couple of games, Champions League and also now, they've really shown decisiveness they've shown a real hunger to get in the central areas and finish well so I, I don't know I took from this game it's really great that the attacking burden is being shared more equally I yeah. think that's extremely positive I mean also I think this is a better Valencia side than there has 
they've been over right. the last couple of seasons. And this right, Real Madrid right. side is missing a ton of players. I mean, they're missing their first choice keeper, their second choice keeper. Jude Bellingham's out, Militao was out, uh, Sabios was out, Chumani was out, and Arda Gula was out, which isn't such a big deal because he's you know he's a young player coming in. But still, there's a, there's a big core big of that squad that isn't massively deep anyway. Mm. missing and you know just put them away especially if you look yeah. at how Barca struggled against Alaves on right. on Sunday um, I mean Barca r- kind of got away with this actually um, two for Lewandowski so he's back on back in goal scoring form he's not been playing particularly well mm. uh, the second was a penalty but Barca were 1-0 down within the first minute and um he cut to Javi on the sideline. He was just like, oh, it was almost like, oh shit, here we fucking go again. Do you know what I mean? But, um, oh, but we, before we forget, we've got to like, we've got to shout out the league leaders, man. Girona. Girona beat Girona. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Artem Dobvik, uh, Ukrainian forward who like, against the backdrop of everything happening there is just mm-hmm. having a gorgeous season. I think six, six or seven in the league already so far. And Girona just playing some great stuff. Um, Scoring at a decent clip, putting with Alicard, uh, Rayo, who looked pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. So this is a resilient win, and well, the front runners after about a dozen games, Girona, thirteen and games, they're two points yeah. clear at the top. Baker's dozen, and still top of the league. There Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, time of recording, Atleti are drawing uh, with Villarreal, but the uh, the what would have been the big game of the weekend, the uh, El, El Gran Derby ended all square. An early Hector Bellerin goal ruled out for offside. It was also deflected. Fortunately, didn't put Betis in the lead. But Yosi Perez did after 72 minutes. And then just seven minutes later, even Rakitic equaled, equalised for Sevilla. And With maybe the goal of the weekend. I think maybe. it's up there. It's a <laughs> that is a clean, sweet stroke. When he hits it, he hits it, even Rakitic. Yeah, it's yeah, like, that was yeah. a big kind of like, still got it energy. Absolutely, yeah, and no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, what's that Jay Z verse and the DJ Khaled record? God did when he comes and does like a four a four minute verse. It's like yeah, just to show put the yeah, game on notice. Not? Yeah, um, Real Sociedad against Almeria, two in stoppage time at the end of the game, uh, gave him a three one win. Uh, are we going to talk about Olivier Giroud? <laughs> uh, Olivier Giroud sent off at the end of uh, Milan's two all draw with Lecce. He'd scored in the game. And he decided to give the referee a little bit of chat at the end of the game. Still wasn't, wasn't content with that. So his yellow card for descent got upgraded to a red because the God. descent was that good. <laughs> and what, uh, what crosses, well, we've talked about this many times. I wonder what crosses their minds on those, but anyway. I know. And then uh, Piccoli had a, a goal, an, an unbelievable winner ruled out because I think um, he trod on Tiao just before. Oh. But it would have been unbelievable. If, like, I mean, it, every, every, the whole place went wild. And it was, just a, it was just a little kind of like step on the foot before. Accidental, mm. but soft, but probably correct. I mean, to be Super honest, fair. he could have like, could have shook his hand and, you know, given him a brew. And I don't think he was getting anywhere near him still from that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Rome Derby ended nil-nil. Yeah, Alberta hit the bar. Well, sort of the angle of post and bar. Um, and that was the closest they got. We did have a, a kind belter. of angsty, 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 angsty game, but as you'd expect, but yeah, nil had nil. A, had a belter eventful. of a quote from Marino afterwards. Pedro is a fantastic player, but he could also be a swimmer because the way he dives in the pool is fantastic. <laughs> not actually, not quite vintage Marino, but still pretty good. Yeah, he was almost there. He was almost there, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was, yeah, kind of starting to. to it's not quite uh, as cutting. It's not quite as cutting yeah, as. It's, uh, it's, it's getting a vintage. bit of Rolling Stones comeback single. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. Like really, in the <laughs> in the year of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what are you gonna say? Every, every year we stray further from God's light. <laughs> Grief. Um, Serie A, quite interesting. The most interesting result, uh, not in a good way for Napoli, is the 1-0 loss mm. at home to Empoli. Gorgeous, gorgeous winner uh, for Empoli. And Napoli just, look, Napoli without Osserman, it's different. It and it's also, it's also Rudy Garcia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it absolutely yeah, that, is. That, that, that's what it's, it's really. Nev- it's never looked like it was going to work from the jump, that. 
Mm. And the fact that he's already nearly, it's felt like he's been, he's nearly been fired three times already. Right. Um, I mean, Napoli are holding on to that Champions League spot by a point mm. at the moment. But Inter currently, uh, they're about to beat Frosinone. They're mm. 2-0 up currently, so they will be two points clear going into the international break. And Juve just kind of ticking along. Five straight in the league. Quietly there, man. Mm. Just, On the last five anyway, yeah. This is, this, is, this, is what, this is what happens when, you know, if you, if you mess up, Juve are going to be there. Right. The problem is in the last few years that too many people haven't, you know, and now Juve have got their shit together a little bit and are looking, looking pretty, resilient. Looking pretty yeah. decent. Yeah. Before we go, can I uh, shout out Flower City Union, who won the NISA championship in the States? They, uh, their local supporters club. club in Syracuse, New York, hit us up saying, Can we get a stadio shout out for the NISA champs? Oh Flower my God, City yeah, Union. of course you can. Of course Congrats, you can. Flower City Union. Yes, absolutely. In Syracuse, I passed through there actually um, a few years ago out to. Uh, my aunt in Canada. Oh, did you? Had a lovely afternoon in Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Good before times. we before we go, can we finally just shout out Andre Shev- <laughs> Shevchenko, basically Penenka and Buffon in a charity game today? No, incredible, incredible. <laughs> Buffon, Buffon was just like, oh man, really? You, got me. Still, oh, got you me. again? You again? You got me. You got me. <laughs> I reckon we're good, huh? Yeah, yeah. We'll leave the. We'll leave some. Some WSL chat for for Flo and maybe Wright's house. Mm. I, I imagine Ian will want to talk a little bit more about the Chelsea Man City game, but we'll see. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then you and I, when we were on Wright's house Nick, this week, we might do a little bit of maybe a quick shout for some Women's Champions League. Mm. We might do some non-football stuff. We talk about a certain TV show that I think has just had its finale. Why not? Yes, <laughs> being burdened with glorious purpose and all that. Yes. That's the first time I've ever wanted to make this a video podcast because your face then was absolutely incredible. <laughs> you looked like Snoopy. <laughs> like Snoopy's sn- smug face. <laughs> so good. All right, everyone. Uh, until then, don't forget to check the Stadio Actress playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on Storm of Life, Stand By Me by Pastor Champion. Is there anything you would like to add, Musa Wonga? Nothing further, actually. Nothing further. No? No. All right, everyone. Much love. Have a good week. We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then. When the storm of life is raging Lord, stand by me When the storm of life is raging Lord, stand by me storm life is raging Lord stand by me when the storm life is raging Lord stand by me oh Lord oh Lord stand by me yeah trouble Lord, stand by me Trouble on my job Lord, stand by me Please stand by me Trouble in my home sometimes Why she don't say that? Lord, stand by me This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.